wonderful, majestic world around us. It's time for Dear Science. Thanks to MOTAT, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow. Kia ora, Ellen. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. Amazing. We've made it through a floodless week. Indeed, I know. And um, this is your your first time hosting and everything. My goodness, it's a big, big day. I've been through so many hosts of Dear Science (laughs) (laughs) or of The Wire. Um, Yeah, I've been doing this since 2017, I think. So we've been through a fair few people. (sighs) Farewell, Casper. Um, It was brilliant working with you and onwards and upwards so let's kick off and get political because because that's what you do on the wire isn't it obviously it's the only (laughs) thing we want to (laughs) do so we are going to talk today briefly about the therapeutic products bill which i've got to admit i really didn't know existed uh, until i saw it online um, a few days ago Right, so we've got a bit of legalese to read out here, what what it's all about. So it is to regulate therapeutic products in New Zealand, including medicines, medical devices, natural health products and active pharmaceutical ingredients to ensure their safety, quality and efficacy. Uh, The bill will require therapeutic products to receive market authorization before being imported, exported or supplied in New Zealand. The bill also regulates controlled activities related to... uh, therapeutic products including manufacturing supply exporting clinical trials and advertising restrictions therapeutic products regulator will be established to oversee regulatory matters wow so it's like mega important this this is big this is big and um so it supersedes a bill i think that dates from the 1980s and it seems that there is obviously um reason to do that because obviously things have changed a bit (laughs) in those intervening 40 years. So the bill was uh, introduced by Andrew Little, the Minister of Health, um, and for its first reading it had 117 eyes and two no's. Wow. I know, both from the Māori Party, okay? And there's over 10,000 submissions, and you can go and look these up. Again, I didn't know all of this stuff, you know, living in a democracy, you just take it for granted. But you can go and view all of these submissions online, and somebody has um, done, done that, been through and done that, and found that the vast majority of submissions are actually against this bill. Yeah. So there's only 2 to 3% apparently in favour of the bill. So, you know, we can have a, we can have a little chat about that. Um, mm. So, you know, we need to make sure that medicines are safe. Same. Okay, so I think the three important words in here were safety, quality and efficacy. So it's not just safety. No. It's quality also, which again, also... Uh, is probably part of safety and the biggie probably for me is efficacy they've got to work yeah (laughs) amen and now if you have a look a quick squiz through some of the submissions as i did um you'll sort of see the usual suspects there um should i I name some names because oh get in trouble there'll be people ringing up and stuff like that but i think probably people can figure out of whom i speak um the sort of uh let's see pseudosciences let's say for, Mm. for, for want of a better word um and their sort of national bodies and stuff like that so if you, for example, um, see advertisements on TV or bloody YouTube, you can't get rid of advertisements on YouTube these days, it's, it's just ridiculous. But you'll see 
um, or hear on the radio ads for a lot of things where they say something like, oh, this, this will support your immune system. And, and the key word yeah. there is support, okay? Right. And that sort of implies that it's doing something good, doesn't it? Because it's supporting your immune system. Now, basically what they're saying is that they haven't got any bloody evidence that it does anything good at all, mm. but they can get away with saying it supports this, it supports that. And oh, as, so- no. as soon as you hear that word support, I think start just, <laughs> you know... Just bring your BS detector. Well, you uh, turn the, turn that on. Employing a bit of critical thinking skills. There we go, and that's why we're at university, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> critical thinking. <laughs> I completely agree. So, um, and you know, ad- advertising certainly is. I'm not saying to blame, but I, you know, there's a lot of this that goes on in advertising. You know, where, where you're not necessarily telling the whole truth, and you know, um, things like pharmaceutical companies or so. You know, ask if such and such a medicine is right for you. You know, ask your medical professional if blah, 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 blah is, is right for you. And I guess the purpose of this bill is to try and make sure that people aren't making false claims um, mm. in the media and through those false claims giving people hope, you know, people who are dying of incurable diseases or whatever, oh, I've got this magic remedy for you, blah de blah de blah and it's only going to cost you, you know, 2000 a month or something. And, and yeah. of course, people are going to pay, you know, whatever it costs if they think their, their lives are going to be saved. Exactly. So I would have to say I'm a big um, believer in this. Um, I think it's very good. I think it's long overdue. Yeah, um, yeah actually, if you, if you do go into a pharmacist's now, you know, what, what's the only reason that people go to pharmacies, really? I mean... To get... Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's basically <laughs> prescriptions, and that's pretty much it. So if you go into your average pharmacy now and you look around the shelves, my yeah. goodness, there's some very, very interesting stuff in there that really pharmacists shouldn't be um, tacitly endorsing by the fact that they're selling them. No. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know all about that. I've so. read in some cases that a lot of those supplements that are supposed to support can actually do a lot of damage. Well, that's that's the thing, and that's why you need stuff like this. Um, yeah. That and and again, there's that efficacy word. You know, mm. that to me is the really really important word in this bill. They have to be shown that they work, and so therefore, no doubt, that's why 97% of the submissions are against this because there's a whole lot of snake oil salespersons out there who are saying, ooh, you know, we're going to have to prove that our snake oil works. That's going to be a little bit difficult. So, and, you know, the fact that they're going to um, bring in a therapeutic products regulator, you know, that's that's also a good thing as well. Obviously, this person is going to have oversight of all of this sort of stuff. And, uh, I mean, it just ensures that we are kept safe, really. It is interesting um, that there are so many submissions against the bill, considering most of Parliament was in favour of this bill. Yes, absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what what do Parliament do with this now? You know, they're obviously overwhelmingly in favour. It's obviously going to get passed, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got 10,000 submissions against it. Yeah, what what do you do with that? It's only 10,000 angry people. <laughs> well, and again, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the the, the oil and all, all, all that sort of stuff. It's the, it's the people who can be bothered. And again, as I say to my 
um, chagrin, I hadn't heard of this. I, you know, I, I don't know, I must have been listening to the wrong radio or something like that, but I wasn't aware that this was in the works. Now I am, you know, I think... Um, it's imperative. Oh, here we go. We've got a call. <laughs> I, think, I think it's imperative that, um, you know, if you are at all interested in this, for goodness sake, go and make a submission. I think they close in five days. So, you know, if you, nice. if, if you feel strongly about this, get out there and, and say something. Because if you don't, and, you know, then you can't complain, probably. Right. So we've got the Auckland budget to comment on Absolutely. and now we've got this yes. to submit about. Yes. Yep. Yep. Get your submissions rolling, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the price of living in a democracy, folks. There we go. And so. for a medicine that doesn't, may or may not work, to medicine that does work. Oh, yes, indeed. I think this is a fantastic story. I love um, this one. And I think it just goes to show how far we as a species, for goodness sake, have come. The fact that we can do these incredible things in uh, medicine. Just just utterly mind-blowing. Okay, so there's a little girl, she's 19 months old, she's a toddler in the UK, her name's Teddy Shaw, and tragically she was born with a thing called metachromic leukodystrophy, or MLD. Mm. Um, now, this is a genetic disease, okay, so it's in, it's in your genes. And... Unfortunately, it causes catastrophic damage to the nervous system and organs, and it is basically fatal. So um, kids who get diagnosed with this rarely live beyond five to eight years. Okay, so this is terrible, absolutely terrible disease. Thankfully, there's only around about four cases in the UK per year. I'm not sure about New Zealand. but you know it's rare but it's absolutely devastating Mm. however the good news about this is that she has become the first child to be treated with a drug called libmeldi and Mm. this is all on the nhs so the national health system over there now libmeldi the treatment with libmeldi costs 2.8 million pounds (laughs) okay And we'll get people on the phone going on about Big Pharma and blah, 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 and how can they possibly justify that price. Well, they can because it's obviously taken a hell of a lot of um, work, effort uh, to get here, and obviously the drug itself is really, really expensive. Now, the NHS managed to negotiate a um, a decent cut on that rate, but um, this little girl, Teddy Shaw, has been cured now. And I think Yay. that is quite amazing. And, and what they do is it's gene therapy. So it's wow. actually mucking around with the genes. And there is a gene there for metachromatic leukodystrophy. Okay? So there's a gene there um, that causes that. So what they do is they take some stem cells, okay, and then they replace the faulty gene that's causing the MLD. So they take the little girl's stem cells, they actually edit out the gene that causes MLD, and then they re-inject those stem cells, and she's cured. So it's and like proper gene kind this, of... Yes, it is. This is, this is manipulation of the genes, that you have to obviously um, identify what gene does what in these mm. gazillions of them, okay? So they, they've isolated this one particular gene that causes this nasty disease, they cut it out, and it's done. And... I think that is just, you know, absolutely, absolutely astonishing. That's so wonderful. So will she never have ongoing problems with that now? They think not. 
they they again it's it's possibly too soon to tell but they're pretty sure that you know now they've excised the the essentially the cause of the disease that you know she won't be suffering with it now there's a there's a, a slight sad note to the end of all of this unfortunately because she also has a three-year-old sister who was also born with this and unfortunately three years old is too old to be able to undergo this type of therapy so it just won't work so what's the youngest age you can be i think they did say like sort of 20 months or something like that sort of un- under two anyway seemingly mm. you've 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 got to get this early and um but you'd you have know. to know that you had exactly, it at that point. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. presumably, I guess, you know, once you have one kid with it, then you know that you're going to be genetically predisposed mm. to this. So, But, I mean, it's a, it's a happy story and a sad story, but I think just an astonishing story, the, the fact that we are going to get to the stage very soon where, you know, essentially you could potentially get rid of genetic diseases. Yeah, that's just what I was about to ask. Mm, yeah. This could be applied. Yes, it? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in the next, I don't know, 10, 20, who, who knows how many years. But, you know, this this is going to be a really, really big thing. Do so. you think some would argue that um, there's issues of um, morality in Of editing? course, Ab- absolutely there is. Um, I don't know. I think, in, in, in my opinion, probably everybody makes their own morality, I think. Um, and every- squeaky wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very probably. And no, of course. I mean, you know, this 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 sort of stuff would keep the medical ethicists up at night, most mm. most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who would refuse this sort of stuff on religious grounds, or you know, moral grounds, or or whatever. But you know, just to show that we can do this, I think is is fantastic. And and this little girl is going to live because of this. I think that's you know that's your take home message. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. We love it. Yeah. yeah. So from reversing genes yeah. that have gone bad to yep. reversing breathing in too much fire <laughs> that is really bad. Well, um, so again, um, the question that I'll pose, you know, what is it that kills people in fires? Carbon monoxide. Right. It's not the fire itself per se. And generally it's sort of smoke inhalation or um, Mm. just inhalation of of nasty molecules that are formed in fires. And um, thankfully, from what I understand, they often sort of, you're you're overcome by those before the fire actually gets to you. So, you know, unless unless you're Joan of Arc or someone like that, you know, (laughs) because remember what they used to do back, back when. Anyway, so... There's two molecules out there that are formed in fires in large amounts and are very toxic. One's carbon monoxide, which I'm sure you'll have heard of, Mm -hmm. and the other one is hydrogen cyanide, which, again, probably you will have heard of. Mm -hmm. And so they are formed, as I say, in big quantities just through burning of um, any sorts of materials in a confined space, essentially. And so inhalation of those is going to kill you pretty quickly. So the question then becomes, okay... um, can we do anything about that? Is there some sort of antidote that we could perhaps come up with that will stop people dying of smoke inhalation and fire? So there's a bunch of workers in Japan and in France who have published uh, a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. It's a very, very, very good journal. They've made a molecule called a porphyrin. And... Um, this porphyrin mimics natural molecules. So we've got natural molecules called hemoglobin, start again, hemoglobin and myoglobin. <laughs> and there, um, what they do in the body is to carry oxygen and store oxygen, okay? 
And so when we breathe in, the oxygen that we breathe in binds to um, hemoglobin, okay? And this then gets basically distributed around the body, going to the bits that need the oxygen, your muscles, your, you know, all that sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, the trouble with carbon monoxide and cyanide is that they both look really, really similar to oxygen. <laughs> very, very similar. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so they then start binding with your um, hemoglobin, your myoglobin, and that means that that can't then bind the oxygen, and then you die, basically. Yeah. So they have made this molecule that mimics hemoglobin and myoglobin called a porphyrin, and that binds both cyanide and carbon monoxide really, really well. So you get a two-for-one sort of uh, go in this, which is wow. very, very, very cool. So this is one molecule that's going to very probably save you, very probably. They've got an 85% uh, success rate in mice, so that's all good, and they found that it is non-toxic. It's excreted very quickly from the body, so it all seems pretty darn good. And they are talking about sort of, you know, in the five to ten-year um, time frame, of perhaps you know having this in all emergency departments and stuff like that, it seems really, really quite promising. So there's a there's a good little um, thing to end, I guess, their science on. Good yeah. nugget. So yeah. how are they going to administer this? I think it is injection. I believe. That I could believe. be cool. So, yeah. Firefighters could like carry around yeah. one then. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always yeah. have one in your bag. Yeah, always. <laughs> just in case. Just, well, you know, essentially it's a glorified EpiPen, really. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, yeah. No, no, very cool. Absolutely amazing. Oh, science is. Ah. Science is. <laughs> well, thank you, Ellen, for this amazing science chat. Always a pleasure. And, and we'll see you in two weeks. We shall do. And thank you, Motat. <laughs> thank you, Motat. Thank you, Motat. <laughs> well, I didn't know that before. Dear Science, thanks to Motat, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow.